Telling Stories. This is a special edition of Telling Stories, where we start a new series called Best of British. This is a look inspired by our friend Mr. Simon Heath and the best British wrestlers of all time. Some big names, some names you've never come across before, and some names that perhaps have been forgotten to the annals of history. But our aim is to showcase the very greatest professional wrestlers to come from the United Kingdom. The format of this show will be slightly different to telling stories. It's not from my archive. Some of these pieces have been specifically commissioned purely for this show. It is new, brand new material from the writers associated with the Troopany show. And the first edition goes to Tony Cotton of the Wrestling Rewind and formerly of Total Wrestling Magazine. When I put it out in our production chat, who would like to contribute? Tony came up with this. And his story is the story of the Dynamite Kid. And in the blue corner, a young boy making his first season in professional wrestling, the Dynamite Kid. Sometimes the cliché about separating the art from the artist rings louder than ever. The argument could be made that the Dynamite Kid is a prime example of that. In the ring, there have been few as innovative, sharp and genuinely groundbreaking as the Dynamite Kid. Yet by all accounts, the man behind the gimmick, Tom Billington, was far from admired. Born in 1958 in Lancashire, a life in the coal industry was not on the cards for Tommy Billington. He stated many times that he saw wrestling, or indeed anything, as a way to escape the horror of the pits. As a 17-year-old, he stepped into the squared circle for the first time and took his first steps towards a life that would see the young Englishman help redefine wrestling in North America and Japan. Chance would bring Bruce Hart to Billington's corner of England in 1977, and the Canadian was said to be impressed that he implored Stu Hart, the patriarch of the Hart dynasty, to bring him to Canada. In the excellent Pain and the Passion, the History of Stampede Wrestling, author Heath McCoy wrote, Bruce Hart saw a skinny young dynamite kid wrestle in England, and was so blown away by his performance that he begged his father to bring the kid to Calgary. Stu took one look at Dynamite's tiny frame and wanted nothing to do with him at first, until he saw Billington wrestle. Billington's impact in stampede wrestling was, pardon the pun, dynamite. Wrestling a high-flying, impactful style, he managed to wow the fans with acrobatics while still bringing impressive technical skills and mat work instilled in him by trainer Ted Batley during his formative years learning the ropes in Wigan. Bret Hart still describes Billington as pound for pound the best wrestler that has ever lived, as well as attributing his own growth as a professional wrestler to working with Billington while in Calgary. Calgary would perhaps not be as kind to Billington, as this where he was first introduced to steroids. In a bid to put pounds on his somewhat undersized frame, Billington used and freely admitted to abusing steroids, bulking up at a rapid rate. Steroids would not only be the only drugs that Billington would introduce to his system over the years, but they would be the most noticeable as the once 175 pound dynamite kid bulked up to around 220 to 225 pounds. The size he did put on did not affect his ring work, and he remained at the forefront of an exciting new style of wrestling. Many wrestlers today cite his emergence on the scene as paving the way for so many so-called smaller workers to make an impact on the business. After just two years working in Stampede Wrestling in Calgary, Stuart's business agreement saw Calgary stars including the Dynamite Kid wrestle in Japan for the now-defunct International Wrestling Enterprises, and more famously in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was in New Japan in the early 1980s that the legend of Dynamite Kid the Performer was truly born. In 1981, a young wrestler using an anime gimmick made his debut against the established Dynamite Kid. That young wrestler using the name Tiger Mask would shock the fans by pinning Dynamite, and a legendary feud was born. Any pro wrestling fan who has not seen the series of matches between Dynamite and Tiger Mask should seek them out as soon as possible. It's not a stretch of the imagination to call their rivalry 
eye-opening, trend-setting, and even revolutionary. They had a series of matches revolving around the WWF Junior Heavyweight title that just got better and better, and still hold up against almost anything you can see in a ring anywhere in the world today. Their styles meshed so well and the matches seemed to click into higher gear every time. They pushed each other to the limit and sometimes beyond, and finally Dynamite had his wish and was at the forefront of a whole new generation of wrestling and making it look easy as humanly possible. We know now that this wasn't the case. There was a case to be made that the diving headbutt from the top rope that Dynamite used on a regular basis is a move that should never be used in pro wrestling again based on the long-term damage caused to wrestlers who have used it. Dynamite's tragic tale is at the beginning of this. While he was starring in the ring, drugs and wear and tear on his body from his all-action style were starting to niggle. In later years, Billington would be a wheelchair-bound, and while he claimed in his autobiography Pure Dynamite that he wouldn't change a thing, you can't help but wonder what could have been different if there was some help in place during the 1980s for him. It can be argued that his help would not have been forthcoming due to the attitude of Billington himself. Almost universally, wrestlers and behind-the-scenes talent tell the story of a man who, if he wasn't utterly despised, was doing his best to get there. Tales of mean-spirited ribs, taking liberties with enhancement talent, Mick Foley wrote of how he wasn't able to eat solid food after a match on the WWF TV with the British Bulldogs during his early years, and outright physical and mental abuse swirl around the man behind the gimmick, and this is where one has to separate the art form from the artist. You can speculate that if Billington had been a little nicer to his contemporaries, Perhaps some may have noticed the struggles he was placing upon himself and even offered help. It can be argued that this dark side was the counterbalance to the intensity and drive that he had to have to become the best he could be, an off-stated desire of his. In his autobiography he wrote, Wrestling was my life. It was the only job I knew how to do, and I loved it. It may have ruined my body, but it was part of the job, and as long as the fans were happy, I was happy. I don't care what damage I did to myself. For all of us, and unlike some other fallen wrestling stars, watching Dynamite Kid matches can still be done, and should be. He remains to this day one of my personal all-time favourite wrestlers. Perhaps not for his latter work in WWF with David Boy Smith as a British Bulldogs. By this time, Billington admits he was struggling to cope with the demands of the road in the ring, but those New Japan matches, and even some of the early WWF matches, still stand up to date as classics. I finally saw some of those matches in the 90s, and someone who grew up with the British wrestling on ITV being the domain of Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, seeing someone like Dynamite being billed as a British wrestler and doing what he did was a shock to the system. Imagine being an American wrestling fan today and watching your fill of Zack Ryder and Baron Corbin matches then being exposed to Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles. This is the impact the Dynamite kid had on me. Those Tiger Mask matches must have launched hundreds of thousands of fandoms and more than a few careers. For me, they are right up there with the pinnacle of professional wrestling as an art form and should be revered as such. Dynamite's tenure in New Japan may have been short, but it was definitely memorable. By 1984, Billington was on his way to the bright lights of the WWF, teaming up with the aforementioned David Boy Smith. Being accompanied to the ring by, bull by a bulldog, Matilda never seemed to sit quite right with Billington's image, but the tag team was incredibly popular, winning the tag team championships at WrestleMania 2. A back injury sustained in a tag match against Don Morocco and Bob Orton Jr. in 1986 would require surgery, and Billington's refusal to drop the belts to anyone other than the Hart Foundation and sheer stubbornness would end up with a spectacle of barely able to walk Dynamite Kid being part of a match where he barely took part. This could be argued as the turning point for Billington and his career. His injuries caught up with him as he did extracurricular activities in the locker room. A now famous alteration with Jacques Rougeau triggered the eventual departure of the Bulldogs in 1988. The team opted to head back to the relative backwater of Stampede and returned to Japan, this time for all Japan Pro Wrestling, a run as a tag team in both promotions was profitable, and eventually in Stampede, Dynamite and Davey would split and feud with each other while remaining a team in all Japan. 
Davy was beginning to get itchy feet and longed for a return to America, leading to Davy Boy withdrawing the Bulldogs from the AJPW Tag Tournament without the knowledge of Billington and heading back to the WWF, claiming the British Bulldog moniker for himself, at the same time leaving Billington without a vital part of his identity. You have to wonder if a fit and level-headed Billington had been given the same push and hoopla as Davy Boy Smith was in the 90s, what the outcome would have been for both the fans in terms of classic matches that there could have been, and in terms of Billington's own health. As Eric Bischoff often says, dealing in hypotheticals is a dangerous business and we'll never know. As Davy Boy headed to the top of the WF cards, Billington's ability to even use the British Bulldog name would be shut down, with lawyers ensuring that Smith's trademark was never used in conjunction with anyone else. There are scores of tales of wrestling promoters in the UK being advised to change any advertising that used the British Bulldog's name in relation to Billington. Billington would wind down his career, announcing his retirement in 1991, although his last recorded match was in 1996. His injuries got the better of him, as did some of his drug habits, and a series of health problems would plague him for his remaining years. Paralysis of his left legs, seizures related, seizures related to drug and heart issues, as well as a general wear and tear about a career of intense bumps and high flying took their toll, and Billington would pass away on his 60th birthday, December the 5th, 2018. Dynamite Kid, the wrestler, was a hero to many, and tributes poured in, as they rightly should. This was a wrestler that redefined the game, that made it possible for others to follow in his footsteps, and left a legacy in the ring that has few peers. That's the part of the story that I choose to focus on and the part that will be adored for years to come. I'd like to thank Tony Cotton for a very personal story on his personal pick of the best British wrestler of all time. I will have a few picks as well, as well as the other people at the Trooping Show and at the Wrestling Rewind. I will bring them to you as we write them up to celebrate the best British wrestler of all time. This is Telling Stories on the Trooping Show Network. Thank you for listening to us. Please also go to powerslam.tv and take a free month with your code MULLETWATCH. You can also go to Indie Empire magazine and check out all the things that people from this show will love, including writing from myself. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us at Troopin' Show on Twitter, The Troopin' Show on Facebook, and you can find us on Patreon, The Troopin' Show, where you can keep us free forever for everyone. Music by Sheriff Lone Star and the Deputies of Heartbreak. Salmon Salad Boogie. Find them at Bandcamp forward slash Sheriff Lone Star. <laughs>